The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Season 3, episode Alvin Kamara, episode 41, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, I got down to the studio, forgot some memory cards, and I was like, are you kidding me? So it's about a half an hour drive to the studio, and I was like, am I turning my ass around and going to get those things? Well, I did, so I apologize about the uh, the late episode. Things were moving and grooving on Monday. Obviously, I was on TV yesterday, uh, giving out bets and um, you know getting content, and I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll go down early and, and record uh, Tuesday. So and then I got to the point where I was like, "Is it even worth releasing an episode?" Well, of course it's released. It's uh, it's worth releasing an episode. So, you know what? Here we are. It was a great weekend in sports, obviously with the NBA All Star Weekend. Uh, more of the skills competition for me, but I know the game on Sunday night was captivating for some people. Tiger Woods made his return. We've had some some trades in the NHL. It's uh, it's just been fantastic. The Daytona 500 was going on, which I won't really get into because I know nothing about NASCAR and I didn't even recognize any of the names when I was looking at the the finishes. But for all those NASCAR fans, congrats on the Daytona 500 going down. That's something I actually would want would want to go to, even though I know nothing about uh, NASCAR. It just seems like a great party. People park their RVs, I think, inside the um, the, the track. So uh, it seems like a, just an absolute blast. And I've got to thank our friends at Manscaped. Listen, folks. Episode 41 is brought to you by Manscaped. Spring is sprung. And our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have the best tools for your spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, your confidence will be blooming just like the flowers. Look your best this spring and join over 8 million other men who trust Manscaped worldwide. Use the code TDI at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Go to manscaped.com. Listen, it's it's unbelievable. Check out the Platinum Package. It's It truly is the, uh, the best tools for, for uh, your family jewels going, so... Make sure uh, you hop on that. But uh, but listen, folks, this weekend, uh, I got some texts. You know, I had a few beers Saturday night watching the skills comp, checking in on the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll get into why. But I was just having myself, you know, a bit of a night. Um, but the next morning, Sunday, uh, I ended up going to my cousin was in town. He lives a few hours away. I haven't seen him actually in a few years due to COVID and everything like that. Just busy lives, different schedules. And uh, I went and checked out his U12 basketball game. Let me tell you, folks, this was an experience. This was an hour and a half I'll never get back. And uh, I wish I could have filmed it because I could have made some content out of it. It was, it was fucking hilarious, to be completely honest with you. Some of the shooting choice, like some of the choice of shots that some of the kids make, like there's probably like, obviously it's five on five. And then there's, there's probably three kids on each team that as soon as they get the ball within the three point, within anywhere remotely close to the basketball or the basketball net, they're shooting, which is just hilarious. And the shooting techniques, high sky hooks. I mean, the depth perception on these kids, like they're hitting the top of the backboard, they're three feet short, and they're rebounding. I mean, it is just the most unorganized sporting event I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm not accustomed to... I've got, I was never immersed in the, in the youth basketball scene. I didn't play basketball growing up, but what a shit show it is at that age. I mean, it was just unbelievable. But one thing that really stood out was the fake injuries. I think I counted three injuries, and two of them had to get helped off. But one kid went flying and he was chasing a loose ball and he went face first into the wall. 
my my father and I were were losing it. Anyway, he gets up. He's okay, which is awful to say, but he looked like he was okay. Anyway, another guy kind of pulled up like he was hurting his hammy, and then it was his knee, and then he was limping off. He got helped off by his coach. He was out the next shift absolutely hooping. I mean, it was unbelievable with the fake injuries. So the U12 basketball was certainly an experience. So I think I'm going to uh, restrict my uh, basketball viewing to college and, and NBA moving forward. But, you know, it was fun to see the cousin and, and watch him play. And it's always good to go support your family. Um, but, yeah, that's what I got up to this week. And obviously consumed a lot of sports. Uh, watched a lot of Tiger Woods. Um, and obviously the the uh, the All-Star game, um, the All-Star weekend in the NBA was always fun. So... So listen, folks, in quarter one, we're going to break down the NBA, what went on this weekend, and looking forward past the All-Star break. we got quarter two, we got some NHL action. Quarter three, we'll talk about the PGA Tour. And in quarter four, a little bit of miscellaneous with the MLB and the XFL. I'm not always going to go to the XFL. I just brought it in for this episode just to kind of let you know uh, if you're going to watch, who to watch, and who are some guys that you might know. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, quarter one NBA, and obviously, like I said, it was the NBA All-Star Weekend, and Saturday night is the skills competition, and it's an, it's an exciting weekend. Um, obviously, I'm a huge fan of the dunk competition and three-point contest. The passing and like relay stuff, I could go without, but that's with every All-Star game and every All-Star skills competition. There's a there's an event that you, you may not be overly captivated by, um, but the three-point competition was awesome. I mean, we had eight megastars, Going at it, I don't want to say megastars, but eight very familiar names to NBA fans uh, going at it. And I'm just going to come out and say this. Kevin Herter, man, that was an embarrassing performance, dude. And I felt awful for him. Um, obviously, the uh, ginger for the Sacramento Kings, former Atlanta Hawk, he went up and I think he scored eight, which is like terrible when you have 27 shots. So they've got five from uh, each corner of the key, the top of the key, and then kind of the uh, the corners of the key. Um, and, uh, and he had eight points, which was just terrible, but, uh, Damian Lillard was playing in his third or, or competing in his third three point competition ended up winning. Uh, so congrats to Dean. He was in the finals against Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton. I do believe Tyrese Halliburton in the first round came out just absolutely guns a blazing. Uh, but it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Damian Lillard was just those. So the, oh, sorry. So there was the five, uh, there's five shots from five different places around the around the three point arc, and then there's the two deep balls worth three points each. Worth three points each, and Damian Lillard hit both of those. Uh, so that was fun to watch for Dame Dame Dalla uh, to win the three point competition. He officially retired. Uh, but what I like about the NBA is that they don't you don't have to be an all star to compete in these events, which I think the NHL needs to pull. Uh, a page out of this book, like bring in the people with the hardest shots, register the hardest shots within that season, within the last couple of seasons, bring in the guys who are the fastest skaters. They don't have to be competing in the all-star game. Bring them in for the event. Another thing I noticed about the NBA all-star game is that it's the place to be like a post Malone performing. It, it's just a big party and like the swag up and it's just, it's tough because in the NHL, like you can't be like ringside. Like you can't, if you're, if you're like a superstar, that's not competing that night or if, you know, you're a star in the league that didn't make the all-star game. Like, it just seems like it's just... And all the legends, again, the legends. Like, I mean, they've got so many people who, who you know, were just, you know, massive names throughout the history of the game that are showing up and, and supporting and being there. Like, it's just a celebration of the game, not just an all-star weekend. So the NHL can really take some uh, some notes out of the uh, NBA's book. I thought they'd do a great job. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, the dunk contest. So... Trey Murphy, he was, I mean, some of the dunks, if it weren't for Mac McClung, uh, the youngster who got called up or signed out of the G League last week, 
Um, obviously, he was he's been kind of in the social media scene for a while now. Like we've been watching this guy dunk for years. It seems like uh, obviously went to Georgetown. Um, but yeah, he, he put on a show. I mean, the first dunk that he had jumping over two guys, grabbing the ball, bouncing it off the backboard. And then the five forty dunk, like I, I mean, he won clearly, but the other guys were just unprepared. And that's a little unfortunate for me. Like if you sign up for the dunk contest, like you got to have a script and you've got to, you know, at least have three dunks that are going to be outrageous. Like Trey Murphy was just going up and just kind of just winging it, which I didn't love, but, uh, but Mac McClung obviously wins the dunk contest. Damon Lillard wins the three point contest. I enjoyed both of them. Uh, but it's going to be interesting with Mac McClung. Like, what is he going to have? He was the, the the G League Rookie of the Year, I think, last year. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, what type of roles he going to play with the 76ers. Is he going to play at all? Like, I haven't watched him play, and I don't really know much about him. But I know he's got bunnies, man. He's six foot two and can dunk. I mean, it's just he he's. I mean, not only dunk, but like throw down some crazy dunks. So that was really fun to watch. Uh, and then we moved to Sunday in the NBA, and it was the All Star Game. So obviously they did the draft pregame. And uh, Team Giannis ends up beating Team LeBron 184 to 175. Uh, some highlights from the game the uh, was Jason Tatum exploding for 55 points. I mean, that's just outrageous. Uh, Donovan Mitchell at 40. Jalen Brown wearing the black mask uh, because he ran into J- Jason Tatum just before the All-Star break and kind of fractured a bone in his face. He had 35. I mean, it's fun to watch. There's some fun offense going on. I mean, there's not much defense other than if Shea Gilgers Alexander's going for a dunk, LeBron swatted the wheels off of it. I mean, it's pretty greasy, but... Uh, but I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed, I didn't watch the entire game. I was checking in on it, uh, but I thought it was a really fun weekend. And I think that the NBA does a great job and not only celebrating the all-stars from that season, but celebrating the game and its history and bringing in not only the players that aren't in there, but the players from the past. And it's just a, it's a big party. And I think they do a great job and, and the other leagues can look at that and, um, and, and, you know, take, like I said, take a page out of their book. I mean, the, the MLB and, and uh, the NFL and NHL, bring in your legends of the game, you know, in, in, in promote coming to that event. If, if you didn't make it, and I know it's a nice vacation for the other players and, and blah, 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 but I really enjoyed it. I think they do a good job, but, uh, but there's some news outside of the all-star game. As we continue on past the all-star break, there's about 25 games remaining before the playoffs start. So there's going to be some, there's going to be some massive basketball games being played over the next few months. Uh, Russell Westbrook. So he hasn't officially signed with the Clippers, but he's pretty much on the verge of signing with the Clippers. Um, so that's going to be fun. I mean, he's going to join Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I talked about it the last episode. Hopefully Russ can, you know, it, it, he won't be the whipping boy like he was in LA. Like he's he's really had a tough go as of late. So Russell Westbrook heading to the Clippers. Uh, Pat Beverly, he signed with the Chicago Bulls. So obviously Pat Beverly was traded uh, L- from LA to, I forget where he was traded to, but obviously he uh, he was bought out and he's going to sign with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I guess he's from Chicago. So that's awesome for Pat Beverly. And I mentioned it last episode, the last couple of episodes, but if you haven't seen his podcast with Roan from Barstool, go check it out or go check out the clips. Like he's a really funny guy. Uh, he's smoking weed during it. Like he's a, he seems like a beauty. So uh, go check out the, the Pat Beverly pod. Um, but just with these final 25 games, what to look for. I mean, I'm looking at the East and I'm thinking the Brooklyn Nets take a bit of a fall. Obviously they were off to a fantastic start with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, but now, you know, with those guys leaving, I mean, Mikhail Bridges had 48 points the other day, but I think that they're going to drop off a little bit. I think they sit in the fifth position right now. I think that uh, the Eastern conference is going to get very competitive. Um, and then you've got kind of Toronto on the, on the outside looking in. I think Toronto could, could, grab a, a play in spot. So the East is, is, I mean, there's some really top head. The East is top heavy. I mean, you've got the Celtics to the, the Bucks, the 76ers, um, you know, they're, they're the, you're really heavy hitters. 
um, you know, in, in the East. And I expect one of those three teams to, uh, to, to make it out of the East. Uh, and then we look at the West, and the West has been a little bit more up and down. I mean, obviously, too, with, with all of the trades that went down at the deadline, we expect that Dallas is probably going to make a push. Phoenix right now, I think, is in the fifth hole. They all get, they're going to climb when they get Durant healthy and, and uh, Devin Booker. Um, the Lakers, they sit outside of a play-in. I think the Lakers can win some games coming up. Um, and, and make their way into it. And, and the Golden State Warriors, I think, sitting 10th right now. I, I expect them to climb. Uh, I expect Sacramento to come back to earth a little bit. And as we saw, Utah was in first place not too long ago, a few months ago, and now they are outside looking in. But I think that that's, that's the plan for, for Utah. That was always the plan, was to uh, have a little bit of a rebuild here. So Danny Ainge can't be overly disappointed with that. But yeah, all in all, it was a great all-star weekend in the NBA. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've got some, some new signings with Russell Westbrook, Pat Beverly, and now we look ahead. It's going to be a final playoff push for a lot of these teams. Uh, oh, I should say Kevin Love to, uh, sign. Did he sign with Chicago? Ah, or Miami? No, where did you? Anyway, I forget where he signed, but uh, Kevin Love was bought out by the Cavs, and he just signed somewhere, so I should have had that jot down. That just that just came to me. Um, but yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'll be having player, prop, player props, I should say, to props.cash. If it's not today, it'll be tomorrow. It'll be my first props.cash. I'll be having a few a week with the preparation. Uh, I'll have a discount code as well. It's going to be TDI25 uh, for 20% off your first month. It's like 15 bucks. And you get access to all this nice information if you're a sports better. So uh, keep an eye out on that for that in the social media on my social media, and we'll keep on moving and grooving. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're moving into quarter two. We're going to talk about the National Hockey League. And before I get into things, Seattle Kraken, you're absolutely dead to me. So obviously on TV yesterday, uh, not much of an NHL slate. Uh, a lot of the games were starting at two o'clock. I got the I got the nod late Sunday night, and I was looking around at the board, and I was like, okay, well, Pasternak hasn't scored in a few games. I like Pasternak to score. That happened. He scored twice. Uh, Tim Stutz has been on such a tear. I liked him over two and a half shots of goal. That happened. And then my two bets. They're obviously the NHL. I should have known, and, and I should know when I'm betting. Like the underdog always has a chance in the NHL. Anybody can really beat anybody. Um, but the Seattle Kraken have been, they've been a menace on the road. And I watched the Seattle Kraken roll into Boston and end their home winning streak. I mean, the Seattle Kraken are a handful on the road. And they were traveling to San Jose, who have five wins before yesterday at home. So I was like, okay, this is a nice matchup. San Jose is looking to rebuild. They're looking to blow things up. They won't, they won't mind losing the game. And Seattle, obviously, they're hanging on in the central division by for dear life. Like, this is a game you need to win. I like that narrative. I stand by that narrative. It's a bet I would have made again. But they get dusted for nothing. And, and it's just embarrassing when you give out losing bets on TV. I hate it. Uh, so you're dead to me. And the Florida Panthers, they ended up winning in overtime. Uh, they got off to a slow start. They were down 2 nothing to Anaheim early. I wanted them by 3, which was a bold prediction I, looking back. But anyway, so 2 for 2 yesterday on TV in the NHL. Um, am I happy about it? Not really. But you know what? We'll move on. We'll pick ourselves up and hopefully get, uh, get the nod again soon. Uh, the stadium series was this week held at, uh, shoot, where was it held? At, um, it was in North Carolina, but I'm trying to think of what, uh, uh, NC State, North Carolina State. So it was at NC State. 
um, where Carolina hosted Washington. I thought both jo- jerseys were fire. Uh, Freddie Anderson's gear was just nasty. I really like these stadium series. I mean, obviously, there was like 60,000 people in attendance. The NHL brought in a lot of social creators to have fun, and it's a really it's a fun celebration. I like how they only do two this year, uh, two a year now uh, with the stadium series and the outdoor game on on uh, January second. So I really like that. I think that's enough too for the outdoor games. But I thought it was a really good event. Obviously, Carolina beat the wheels off Washington, ended up winning four one. But but Carolina's a team like this is a team we're circling. Um, you know, I, I guess after the trade deadline, we'll and maybe on Friday for the NBA, I'll start to look at you know who I'm thinking. You know, we'll do a little pretenders and contender series. Um, but the Carolina Hurricanes are certainly a, a contender, and and they've got cap space. Obviously, with Max Pacioretty, who's making seven million dollars a year, he's out for the year. Uh, they could go get a guy like Timo Meyer, could go get a guy like Patrick Kane. So I expect them to be lively at the trade deadline. But this is a team that's just scary, and they don't really have any like huge superstars to jump off the page. Obviously, Teravine and Anaho and Shvechnikov, they're phenomenal players. Uh, Natchez is having a breakout year, it seems as well. But and on the back end, obviously, they're just deep with uh, Slavin and Dahan and Brent Burns, but. I mean, they're just, they just play hard and they, they have got a great brand of hockey. They're deep and, um, you know, a couple additions to that team would be very nice. So Carolina, that's a team that, uh, they're obviously going to make some noise, uh, in the playoffs. They're a tough out. They're a tough team in the playoffs too, as well. They, and in that home arena, they just go wild for Carolina, for uh, the Hurricanes. They love their hockey in Raleigh. So, uh, we'll be looking at Carolina to be a big threat come playoff time. It'll be interesting to see what they do over the next two weeks to strengthen up. Uh, one team that strengthened up this weekend was the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, about a week ago, Kyle Dubas came out and said that he wasn't really interested in moving on from his first-round pick. And a guy like Matthew Nyes, those guys he would like to hold on to. Well, he it was a bluff because he did end up moving that first-round pick. He traded for Noel Achari and Ryan O'Reilly, the captain of the St. Louis Blues. So the Leafs, uh, Kyle Dubas loves going trade for captains. I mean, we look, he traded for Mark Giordano. He traded for Nick Foligno. He traded for John Tavares. Or I guess John Tavares came in free agency, but he loves bringing in captains from other teams, which is awesome. Um, you know, it's a great way to uh, build your roster, obviously, with a lot of leadership. And I, I like the trade for the Leafs. Uh, you've got a guy who won the Conn Smythe in 2019, won a Stanley Cup in 2019, won the Selkie in 2019. Like, he's a guy with a lot of hardware. He can bring a lot of leadership to the group, obviously. And Noel Achari, a former Boston Bruin, I know a lot of him just due to the fact that I watched the Bruins, and he's a great depth piece, a great player for your bottom six. He works his freaking bag off night in, night out. He's got a little bit of a scoring touch. He's a 10. 15 goal guy and he can fight as well as a southpaw so i think that's a great pickup for the leafs um and they move on from three draft picks i think a first a third and a fifth and also Amirov, um a prospect so i thought it's a really nice trade for the leafs they still have about four and a half million dollars to work with as well so i don't think they're done quite yet i think they could bring in a defenseman uh but yeah i think the leafs moving forward i think the you know they got better um certainly got better so they've moved Tavares to the wing and have O'Reilly playing center on that second line with Mitch Martyr. And then they on, on the first line, they obviously have Willie Nylander, Austin Matthews, and, and Michael Bunting. So, uh, gosh, it's just, uh, they look really good. Um, you know, and, and they're they're gearing up. I mean, this is it for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't think they can handle another first-round uh, loss without them firing Dubas, them firing Keefe. And uh, so it's going to be fun uh, fun to follow them. And, um, you know, just kind of looking ahead, what, what could the Toronto Maple Leafs do to continue to strengthen their team? Well, doesn't sound like Patrick Kane's going to go there. We'll get into some of the uh, names to know ahead of the deadline. Um, but they could be looking at a guy like Jake McCabe, defenseman there, maybe Gavrikov from Columbus. But it sounds like the asking price for Gavrikov is just through the roof. Maybe a guy like Jacob Chikrin. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what the Leafs do on the back end. But I don't think they're done. They still have a lot of cap space with Jake Muzzin being on the LTIR and not returning. So I think they're going to make a few more moves. So I'm, I'm excited to see what the Leafs do moving forward. 
The New York Rangers have acquired Tyler Mott for the second straight year. Uh, Tyler Mott obviously was playing on the Ottawa Senators. I liked what Tyler Mott brought to the game. He's a nice bottom six guy. He works. He's just very consistent what he's going to bring. He's going to work hard. He's great down low uh, in the offensive zone. And I think he's pretty, fairly sound defensively. So they trade for Tyler Mott and they, they, in exchange for former first-round pick Julian Gauthier, who hasn't really found his stride in the NHL, and as well as a conditional seventh-round pick. So a uh, little, just a small trade there uh, for Ottawa. I'm not sure what they're going to do at the deadline. Obviously, they're sitting outside the playoffs just by you know a handful of points, I think five points at the current time. So uh, they may not be done at the deadline. Who knows if they'll add. Uh, but Tyler Mott back to the New York Rangers, who, again, out of the Metropolitan Division, it seems like it's the New York Rangers or the Carolina Hurricanes to win. I mean, these guys are just absolute wagons. Um, and the New York Rangers, obviously, was just jerking, starting to heat up. They, they and with the with the run they went on last year, that's going to be a team to circle and watch. So we'll see if they're done either. Uh, they must be done, obviously, with the acquiring Tarasenko uh, and now Tyler Mott. So we'll see what they do. Uh, but uh, the Rangers and Carolina are certainly my two uh, contenders out of the Metropolitan Division. But uh, obviously, okay, so we got the trade deadline about two weeks away, and so these are some names that we should note. Uh, Patrick Kane. So Patrick Kane, he was verbally upset that he didn't get traded to the New York Rangers. I don't think he's going to be able to go to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So if he does waive his new trade clause, what teams make sense? Would he go to Carolina? Would he go to Vegas? Vegas, obviously, with Mark Stone up for the season. Would he go there? They're probably going to be a team all over Showtime. So... We'll see what happens with Patrick Kane, but I think he's going to end up getting moved. And another guy as well from uh, from Chicago to note, uh, I guess two other guys are, are uh, Jake McCabe, defenseman, kind of a steady guy, potentially Connor Murphy, and Sam Lafferty. So I think there could be a bit of a fire sale at a Chicago. That's a team that you could target uh, moving forward uh, well, as we get closer to the deadline. deadline uh, and in San Jose, Timo Meyer, uh, obviously stud uh, forward. He's a 30-40 you know, goal guy. Um, so he's obviously a big stud. He comes with the biggest uh, salary. So you'd hopefully uh, have to get the San Jose Sharks to eat some salary. Uh, and then Eric Carlson, going to be tough to get Eric Carlson, I think, due to the fact that he's got such a big salary. But I know Edmonton's really bullish on him or has been in contact with San Jose. Uh, and I, I mentioned uh, Vladislav Gavrikov, a defenseman on the Columbus Blue Jackets. He sounds like he'll be on the move as well. Tyler Bertuzzi, forward for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Luke Shen, defenseman, depth defenseman for the uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. So there's a lot of names. It's going to be exciting to see what teams are active, what teams are buyers and sellers. I expect the Bruins to add something. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Edmonton Oilers. Um, yeah, who knows about the Winnipeg Jets as well. I mean, all these teams that think they've, they can go on a run. They should have won the cup. Well, there's no better time than now. And it's, uh, you know, you got to go all in. You've got to make sure that you're ready for, uh, for four series in the, in the NHL playoffs. So that takes depth, that takes skill and, uh, and you've got to be prepared for it. So a lot of these teams are going to be making noise over the next few weeks uh, and we'll continue to follow it. All right, folks, we're moving into quarter three and Tiger Woods made his return on the PGA tour. I guess just as an over, as an overall scorecard, I, I'll say it's a, it was a B plus. Like it was, he definitely played better than I expected. Uh, obviously, with those three birdies coming in on Thursday was awesome. Friday, he chucked a dart on the on the tenth hole, he missed it, and then on the par five eleventh, he started in the back nine, he missed a short putt. And that was kind of the story of, of his tournament. Um, he missed a lot of putts. I thought his driver was phenomenal in the first two days with JT and and Rory. He was getting his ball speed up to around one eighty. He was hitting the ball well over three hundred yards. I think that's very promising. Uh, he was starting to limp and I can't even imagine I, I'd love to see the behind the scenes of what this guy has to go through to get ready for the round uh, each night and each morning but 
Um, all in all, it was phenomenal. And it, you know what? I think uh, I'll shout out the Golf Channel as well and, and CBS, who was covering it. They did a good job at balancing the final groups and the people in contention in Tiger. And sometimes it gets a little of hand with how much they're showing Tiger, but I think they did a great job with that. Um, but yeah, I think I think Tiger Woods can win on the PGA Tour again. And I say that with confidence. Uh, you know, he's his first, obviously, tournament outside of a major since 2020. October 2020, it's crazy how, fly, how time flies by but uh, you know i'm really excited i think tiger woods has the opportunity to get that 83rd win um and i think that he'll be able to play at augusta i mean you know we think about these polo greens and and where the putting struggled a little bit well a lot of people struggle on the polo greens and and find putting extremely difficult so all in all tiger was awesome to watch and i know the whole world was captivated by his return so you know just a great event great return it was it was awesome to see him play four days and uh next time we see him i think it's going to be at augusta i don't think he's going to tee it up at the players championship uh, but we shall see John Rahm. So John Rahm obviously ends up winning. He beats Max Homa. I mean, this guy is clearly the best player in the world right now, and he's on a he's on a really scary run. I mean, his last seven or his last six starts in the PJ Tour: win, third, seventh, win, win, eighth. He's got like two rounds in the seventies in his in his uh, starts this season. I mean, he's just he's he's out of his mind, and and um, you know it's he's extremely hard to beat. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's obviously a very well rounded player. And, um, you know, I don't think he was driving it as well as he can. Uh, it looked like he had a bit of case of the left. So he hits a peeler fade typically where it starts off to the left and curls back right. It didn't seem like he was peeling back for him all round. Uh, but Max Homa as well. I got to give a shout out to Max. I mean, what a superstar he is. He's kind of really coming to his own. And if, if Max Homa's in California, he's got an opportunity to win. And, and I'm not sure what his odds are. I got his odds at plus uh, 3,500. They were at plus uh, 5,000 at one point to win the U.S. Open at the L.A. Country Club where he does have the course record. So if you go check out your sportsbook and see what those odds are, I would recommend throwing a future on Max Homa for the U.S. Open. Uh, it just seems like a smart bet, just the way he's playing in California and just the way he's starting to perform this year uh, under pressure. But John Rahm, it's not, it, it just looks like it's it's his tour right now um, just to, with the way he's playing and, and the consistency that he's, that we're seeing. Obviously, eighth being the worst, uh, worst finish of his out of his first six starts in the PGA Tour this year. Absolutely outrageous. Riviera, obviously, it was a great tournament. Uh, such a fun course to watch and, and experience. It's got a lot of history there as where Tiger played his first event, uh, obviously hosted by Tiger. And and we'll be excited to see it next year. I think it'll be continue. Uh, they're going to switch around some of the elevated events moving forward, but I think that'll, be, that'll continue to be an elevated event moving forward. This week on the PGA Tour, we've got the Honda Classic. And the Honda Classic will be hosted at the PGA National in Florida. It's a very tough course. Obviously, you know, the bear trap, a um, lot of water. It's a really tough course to bet on because there's no real, um, you know, betting pattern. I mean, really any sort of game. It's not a very long golf course. There's a lot of penalty, like I said. Um, last year, uh, who gosh, who won last year? Sepp Straka ended up winning last year. He ended up beating, uh, holding off Shane Lowry. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the field's not very strong. I think you've got a Sung JM at like a plus 850 favorite. Uh, I think, um, Shane Lowry's plus 1200. So, I mean, the field is, is not very, we got Billy Horschel mixed in there. Um, but it's, it's a tournament where a long shot could win for sure. So in, in regard to betting, um, I think take your shot at some long shots, go to some players that have been maybe trending and, uh, you might think might be able to break out, maybe some youngsters from the corn Ferry tour, um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be uh, laying down any outright bets. 
uh, this week. I'll probably do a couple DraftKings lineups, but uh, my one-and-done pick, I'll be vocal about it. It's going to be Shane Lowry. Uh, I like how he played here last year. I think he's the best player in the field, him and Sung in by a long shot. Um, but obviously with the variance of this course, I mean, things can go really wrong. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's it's not fun. I mean, this, this place can eat you up. It can get windy at times. Um, a lot of water, like I said, so... Um, we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be fun. Uh, so it's kind of a slower week, obviously, at the Honda Classic. Um, but then the following two weeks, we've got the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill, which is an elevated event, another $20 million purse. So all the super, super, all the superstars will be back. And then we've got the Players' Championship, kind of the headline tournament on the PGA Tour outside of the four majors. And that'll be a $25 million purse. So I think if we see Tiger again before the Masters, it'll be at the players. I'm not sure if he'll be get recovered or if he even has, if he even wants to. But um, you know, I think that's a tournament that you know he could show up to, um, and they wouldn't really have to make any changes. Uh, they'll be all set for a huge event, huge fans. So, uh, so obviously the golf world's not going anywhere. It'll be a slower week this week in the Honda Classic. Uh, so hopefully you guys are all doing well in the one and done. Uh, I know most of you are chasing me, so good luck. Uh, but uh, I'm chasing down. Chris Love, I do believe it was an Irishman uh, that I worked with out in Whistler. He's uh, he's got a, a stranglehold on on this uh, on this um, one and done pool. So people got to start picking winners. Uh, so I'm going to go with Shane Lowry this week, and uh, I'm interested to see where everyone goes. All right, folks, quarter four, finish things off. We'll talk a little bit about the MLB, just some brief headlines before we get started later on in the week in spring training, and then the XFL and some players to watch. Um, so, uh, interesting story here. G, um, Jay's manager, John Schneider, obviously they're down in Dunedin, Florida. Um, he was at a restaurant and there was a woman choking and he saved her life by pulling off the Hel- the Heimlich maneuver. So shout out to John Schneider, uh, general manager of the G's, uh, saving a woman's life. I thought I'd kick off the uh, MLB segment by a nice little feel good story from the manager of the Jays. uh, Tyler and Taylor Rogers, identical twins are in the bullpen for the giants this season. So, you can have you. This could be very advantageous for the New York Giants having identical twins. I mean, you could really mix up, and especially too, if the identical twins have a different, maybe delivery or a different set of pitches that they use a different repertoire. Because you could send a guy out, and they don't really know. They could have a scouting report on the guy, and you don't really know which one it is. So that's kind of a cool story. Obviously, their parents are fired up that they're playing together. So hopefully, they both make the team uh, for the San Francisco Giants. So Taylor and Tyler Rogers, identical twins. And if you look them up online, you can't tell them apart. But it could be very advantageous moving forward. Um, so as we start on Friday in spring training, they'll be implementing the new rules. So I think it's going to be a bit of a shit show getting used to these things. Um, you know, implementing the pitch count and uh, the bigger bases won't do much. But um, but I, I think. What we should do is is look at a lot of these guys. I don't know if you can over or under uh, hits and like statistics like that and like average, but I think these guys that faced a lot of shifts in the past and who uh, won't be facing shifts anymore, I think we could see a lot more hits out of these guys. So that's something maybe to look into. Um, but I guess in the in the shows coming up, I'll start to predict. Um, maybe some division winners and some award winners and some World Series winners, and we'll lay down some future bets for the MLB. Um, so yeah, so we'll start to have some content come out of the MLB, um, as, as the weeks continue, uh, spring training is here. It's opening up pitchers and catchers are, are finished and we've got our first action, uh, on Friday. Uh, and the XFL, obviously under new ownership, we haven't seen XFL action since 2020. Dwayne The Rock Johnson and a few others have uh, have um, purchased the XFL, and now uh, it's it's alive and well. And there's some fun uh, former NFL players: Vic Beasley, former linebacker for the Atlanta Falcons; Paxton Lynch, Ben DiNucci, Josh Gordon. 
Um, so there's some fun names uh, in and amongst the uh, the XFL. Some some uh, some really good former NFL players and some future NFL players. I mean, we saw PJ Walker get signed as a backup quarterback out of the XFL. So I mean, I'm not going to be watching it too closely. But if there's a game on, there's nothing else going on. I'll, I'll continue to watch it. Uh, or I'll watch it. And, and uh, yeah, so the XFL will be on, uh, obviously, Sunday afternoon. We've got the Jake Paul-Tommy Fury fight, so maybe we'll uh, we'll look at some betting props for that for uh, Friday's episode. Uh, but listen, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your weeks. Everybody have a fantastic week. Uh, if you haven't five-starred the episode, leave a leave a uh, comment in the description, a little review. And, and listen, folks, we'll keep on plugging along. Everybody enjoy your weeks. My pleasure.